Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Hey, Scott. Hey, Mark. Well, I almost felt a little bad uh, thinking about our recording last week. We talked about the problem and uh, realizing that we have a sin nature, and I just I thought today we would make sure we talk enough about the solution to that problem. Oh, um, well, good because yeah, I mean, if you all you're thinking about is their sin nature, you probably should feel bad, right? Is yeah, that, yeah, and that's I, not what you meant, but no, yes. <laughs> but that is true. But you know, you saying that is it really is how I lived a lot of my life. It was a it was a fear of the wrath of God. Mm. I, I've said before, I, I had God pictured as just an angry old man ready to punish me for the next thing I did wrong, the next time I got out of line kind of thing. And that whether I pleased him or angered him was completely dependent on my behavior. Okay. So, and it, I didn't just come up with that on my own. I, I mean, I may have exaggerated the belief or whatever, but I was told that uh, Walter used to say even that these other churches out here, they're just all about love, love, love. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of said in a way that, I mean, he was intending, I think, on being, at least the way it was repeated to me, it was meant to be a derogatory thing that that these other churches were just all about love, love, love. And I took that to mean that they weren't, they were only preaching the good things, I guess, and saying, uh, leading people to believe that it's too easy probably and, mm-hmm. and not preaching on the wrath of God. And there was just a lot more, fear stuff and stories that I was told um, other people growing up just in fear of getting out of line. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I just thought we'd talk a little bit about that today, the, maybe the wrath of God versus the love of God and why, why I thought my whole life that if you, that you have to pick one. Uh, well, the, the interesting thing was, as you were describing that, I thought, can you talk too much about the love of God? <laughs> no, you, you know, I mean, I suppose you can edit about the wrath of God or vice versa. You could edit the love of God, but yeah. if you don't edit, you really can't talk about either one too much. Right. Because right. they, they're both there and they're both, um, part of the way that God relates to his creatures. Right. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. And I, I just, I mean, I, I said in my story that I just came to, a realization of of my problem, like we talked about last week. I, I just came to a realization of my sin and my standing before God. And I can't imagine, I mean, it, luckily God was gracious and very soon after that showed me 
the solution in Jesus. He didn't just leave me in this place where you realize your sin and just left me there desperate and hopeless, you know, where, cause what could I do? So it wasn't that, Oh, all of a sudden now I hear about the love of God finally, because I'm not, you know, exposed to the wrath of God so much yeah. anymore that the love of God now all of a sudden gave you rainbows and butterflies and you were in love with God because everything was rosy. You just actually realized the implications of the, essentially the teaching that God is a judge and is serious about your sin. And you got the implications of that. And then you had to figure out, okay, now what? Right. And there was, there was a gap. It wasn't graciously, like you said, it wasn't a a long gap, but there was a gap. I mean, you found it and like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Exactly. And, and because of my understanding of who God was, and I, I told this already in my story, but I thought that my behavior was what, made God bless me, that I, if I did the right things, he would bless me. Well, now I realized that that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And, and this is when we're waiting for our granddaughter to be born. And so I thought, my first thought was, this is, means that I'm not going to get a healthy granddaughter. And they, so graciously, God did show his love. And, and I just realized by God showing me this and and having our granddaughter be born healthy, that despite my condition, my sin nature, my separation from God, he was gracious and he showed love anyway. So it really wasn't that you realize, you know, ta-da, God is wrathful against my sin. What you realized was, it sounds like to me, and you can correct Mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, but sounds like you realized that it was your behavior. Your behavior wasn't the linchpin that somehow either made God mad at you or made him happy with you, that you really couldn't make him happy with you. And then, oh dear, what, you know, that means that I deserve, you know, trouble or wrath or whatever. That's what you realized. Yes. Oh, interesting. I realized there was nothing I could do from my end. Like I can't bridge this gap. I I could just see that separation between a holy God and that you'd been and, more or less led to believe the whole time, except that you thought you could build that bridge yourself. Yeah, but you somehow realized you couldn't. I realized that I couldn't. That it was mm. hopeless. But like I said, it in five minutes we got our granddaughter and mm-hmm. i it was just this picture of god's grace and and love and really um i wanted to just talk about how the difference in my life now is that i'm i don't know if motivated is the right word but i'm i'm motivated not by the fear of the wrath of god but i'm motivated by his solution for that. I'm motivated by the love of God through Jesus that, um, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us that Romans five, I think Mm -hmm. that, um, God's love for me, God's love for us is not something that we have to get to a certain level of behavior before it applies to us. He, says there, like I said in Romans 5, that it's while we were sinners, Christ mm-hmm. died for us. So, 
Well, it is interesting because you're not the first person to process, you know, a relationship with God in that way. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, I, I think that there was a, probably a sense in which in the Old Testament, they, you know, because that's kind of how people will lay, oh, the Old Testament God, he's really angry. Right. But the New Testament God, he's all full of love. And I, I think they've missed the love in the old and the wrath in the new when they do that. I mean, it's the same God. Yeah. But um, there were probably people rebel in the Old Testament, just say, I'm tired of all of this wrath. And uh, there were in the New Testament. But, but it, as you tell that story, it reminds me actually of the Protestant Reformation and Martin Luther, who, who was so convinced from the law that there was nothing he could do to please a holy God that he just despaired of life mm. until he recognized what grace was. And I think that's probably, if I had to say, why did you want to talk about this today? It's probably because it really when you do understand the wrath of God and the holiness of God and how serious he takes our sin, then all of a sudden the love of God takes on a different flavor. In fact, you really can't appreciate the mercy of God until you recognize the wrath of God. And so, in some respect, it's not the end, you know, I want to say it's not the end of the world to have a wrathful God. I think, yeah. I think the end of the world is to be, to be somehow persuaded that you can take, you know, you can handle God's wrath. You can't handle God's wrath. You can't make that go away on your own. That's, that's the real problem. And so in some respect, they've done, you know, if, if you got the message, God is, you know, wrathful against sin, that's mm -hmm. not the worst message to get. If you don't get the second chapter, which is, and then you can fix it by your good behavior. That's, I think, the slice that's really dangerous. And, you know, yeah, you got that as followers, but you get that in Islam, you get that in uh, Catholicism, you get that in lots of other places also. Yeah. yeah. And it's very common to process all of that. And, and really, I, th I think some of it comes down to what you, I think, finally came to right before your granddaughter was born is that if I really, really get how bad the situation is, I can't fix it. And I think yeah. when you get that clearly and you realize I can't fix it, then yeah. all of a sudden that's when the grace kind of shines forth and it becomes clear but I mean, that's yeah, just yeah. my reminiscence on other stories too, not your own. But. Yeah, no. As you're saying that, I'm just I'm just hearing things in my head that others have said to me about. Um, I'm just going to thinking about this fear of the wrath of God and the coming judgment. You know, there was a lot of talk about the end of the world and this coming judgment, which is it's there. It, it's there. It's there. Yeah. It's happening, but. The solution was, with that in mind, I'm just going to do the best that I can and hope that God has mercy on me in the end. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to see what grace is. Mm -hmm. I, I want them to see that um, that grace is there for us by putting our trust not in doing the best I can and thinking that if I reach a certain level, then God will have mercy on me in the end. No, it's if you believe in his son, if you know Jesus, then 
in the end, when God sees you, he will see Jesus. You, we get the righteousness of Christ when we put our faith in him. And that is something that um, is something that I want everybody to know. I, I don't want anyone to live another day living under the fear of a, a wrathful God that is going to punish them according to their behavior. I want them to put their trust in Jesus, seeing the love of God that I heard it said one way that we are saved from the wrath of God by the love of God in, in Jesus, in, in the work that he did on the cross mm-hmm. to pay for that. Um, that wrath against sin was satisfied on the cross. And if we believe that, and we have a relationship with Jesus, then we don't have to, um, we just have to have a respectful, reverent fear of the Lord. I think that, I'm not saying that we we should not, but it's different than living every day. Uh, just Well, it's different than being motivated by fear. I yeah. mean, it's a, to, to have a, I mean, the fear of the Lord is probably a little bit off our topic here, the, yeah. the biblical fear of the Lord. But yeah. that's just, a you know, you're going to govern your life recognizing that God is there every moment, sees every decision, every hears every word, and you and he's a holy God, and you want to, you know, uh, live by his standard. I mean, you're mm-hmm. going to fear that. But I just, uh, as you're telling your story, I just was thinking of Titus chapter 3, and it says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And so he's... Um, just over and over in there points out that it was God's work of, you know, first of all, sending goodness and loving kindness our way, um, showing us mercy, washing us with regeneration and renewal, pouring out on us the Holy Spirit, justifying us, all of this apart from the um, works that we have done. And then he says, that's, yeah, you, that's how you know yeah. that you're saved. And so uh, that's just, a for me, Titus 3, you know, 4 through what um, 7 is really helpful. Yeah, yeah. And everyone thinks, you know, you mentioned motivation mm-hmm. because it's natural to think, uh, you know, I had football coaches who right. would try and motivate us by fear, right? So, right. You know, if you don't, if you don't make it this time, we're going to do a hundred more of these. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. Is what it is. It's, but it's not that motivating, right? Um, and the the reality is that here he offers um, a love that will motivate, that will invite us into a different kind of relationship that uh, does motivate. And, and then it says, it goes on to say um, uh, that, let's see here, 
this saying is trustworthy, and I want to insist on these things, that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. Mm-hmm. See, we think that it's going to be the, the lash that motivates when really it's the love that motivates. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely been the case for me over these last four years and and long, you know, it's it's been about seven years or so that I come to faith in Christ. And in those three years, there was just, there was still just a lot of fear mm-hmm. in the three years that you're still there. And, and when fear is a part of your decision-making, uh, I just, I don't have a good track record of making decisions based on fear of what might go wrong or what might happen. Well, yeah, and nobody really does. Yeah. I mean, fear is not the, the does not bring clarity for good decisions, and it doesn't in politics. It doesn't in you know yeah. uh, life and death situations. It doesn't ever. I mean, that's not what fear does. But but I think people are so slow to let off the fear because if I let off the fear, then what will you do? Right. You know, I mean, parents don't want to let off fear for their kids because if the kids have to make the decision on their own instead of because of the punishment of the parent, what kind of decision they're going to make? I don't know. Right. That's, right. <laughs> that's some of the thing, right? right? But uh, to so love your kids that they would live not to disappoint you is that's a different motivation system, a different way of re, you know reacting to your, or relating to your kids. And I think that's that's kind of like what, the Bible tells us we encounter when we uh, get to know God. I mean, I, you're talking about fear again, uh, and and really, this has the whole thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in First John chapter four, it says um, in verse sixteen starts out, "We have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him." And so, you know, I can just hear you say. Love, 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 right? Like yeah. they're just yeah. talking about, but the next verse, verse uh, 17 says, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Right. Oh, wait a minute. There's still judgment. There still is judgment. But the difference is we have confidence in judgment rather than fear in judgment, which is very interesting. Um then verse 18 says, for there is no fear in love because mm-hmm. perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Yeah. Uh, we love because he first loves us. And um, so, yeah, the whole thing right there, it has a context of judgment. It has context of punishment. Yeah. But then says you uh, are uh, released from the judgment and the punishment by virtue of what Jesus has done for you and the love that God has for you. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, that is, that has definitely been the experience that I've had that when, when I got away from making decisions based on fear, when I, instead of looking for, how I need to improve my behavior to have a better relationship with God and instead started reading the Bible to see who Jesus was because it really is start to finish Genesis to Revelation, a story about who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And um, 
and who, you know, and I, the more you read and the more you get to know Jesus, you, that love that he has for us and that we have for him is so much more motivating to me than trying to make decisions based on fear because fear usually has, you have to bring in uh, what people around you think, what effects it's going to have on you, every part of your life, family, financial, uh, all these things. And we, we saw a lot of that even just leaving followers. It's, you, you make these decisions. Uh, we couldn't make the decisions we needed to make until we saw the love of God rather than this fear that we had of doing the wrong thing. It's, it just has to be um, something that you see who Jesus is, and there's an attraction there. Uh, that's, that's been my experience, that you want to follow him. Well, we talk about the gospel. We talk about good news, that what uh, is preached about Jesus is good news. And the, you know, the, the whole story is that the good news begins with, of course, creation, and God loves you and made you to belong to him, but then there's always the bad news. And even as Romans presents the, the gospel, um, it says it's the power of God into salvation for everyone who believes, and you might say, oh, that's too easy. But then it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And mm-hmm. so the the good news has in inside of it, you might say, the bad news. And the good news then is that Jesus swallows up that judgment so that it's not on you. And it's not, and I'll tell you, I mean, for me, that is you say, I don't <laughs> you sounded like, oh, I never go back and try and think I'm going to make amends with mm. God by my good behavior. But I mean, that is the most natural thing for me to do. It's like, oh, you yeah. knucklehead, what are you doing? You've got to do better next time. Right. And I talk to myself like that, and I realize, you know, I'm I'm going back to the very thing that you're describing happened to you at some other mm-hmm. place that, that, I mean, I have a long history, and I do that. Yeah. And I still uh, want to apply my own effort to solve a problem that only Jesus can solve. Yeah. And that's yeah. just so ingrained into us that it isn't just me and it isn't just the followers and it isn't just Martin Luther. I mean, it's part of human nature to think we we need to solve our own problems. So Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I had one more uh, scripture verse that was meaningful to me um, in First Timothy. I'm sorry, Second Timothy. Um, it says in chapter one, verse seven says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I just remember that was uh, impactful for me to, to know that uh, even this turning to love and self-control wasn't something that I had to do by my own power. It was a spirit that that spirit was given to me to, enabled me to be able to do those things and overcome that fear. It's, it's not a spirit of fear like I lived with most mm-hmm. of my life. And so yeah, that was... That's good. And um, God does enable you to believe, and then 
he enables you to be motivated mm -hmm. by love. And I just, for, for me, because I have this switch that flips so frequently that I'm going to, I have to go back and I have to, you know, beat myself up to somehow absolve my own sin that I need, I need to be reminded seriously that, that God does love me. And so I always go back to, to Romans five, you mentioned it, mm. but it, it puts the, puts the thing right in front of me and says, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, for a good person, though perhaps for a good person, one might dare to die. So maybe if you were good, <laughs> but then it says, no, 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 no. Verse eight, but God shows his love for us. God demonstrates or proves, some translations say proves or demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. He doesn't wait for us to reform ourselves or to get our act together or to punish ourselves significantly enough. Instead, he offers up his son so that we might be, and here's, here's the clincher in verse 9, since then we've been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God? Yeah. The very thing that you'd say, oh, that motivates me by fear. You know what? It, Jesus will save you from that wrath. And so it's just uh, what a what a gift, really. That's what grace yeah. is. But what a gift to be brought in to grace and experience the love of God and have it demonstrated for you every time you doubt it that Jesus died yeah. for you when you're a sinner. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. And it is. Uh, you mentioned that you have to remember that every time. And I think a lot of people do. Um, mm -hmm. And... We, just one last thing. You, you mentioned invitation earlier, and I, I was thinking today about uh, this idea that we have of having to get to a certain level before Jesus can do anything with us or before God wants anything to do with us, which you just read the opposite of that. But I was thinking about uh, the disciples, Christ's disciples, and he he just comes to these fishermen, and he's— He's not looking for a resume or a, a tax collector and mm -hmm. just says, follow me. And and I think it's that attraction of who Jesus is that makes them follow him. It's not something good within them. It's not something uh, that they had earned, this invitation. They, mm -hmm. they were living their lives. They were doing their thing. And he says, follow me. And they see him at some level for who he is, I mm -hmm. think, and give up everything and follow him. And I just, that had to have been scary to do. I mean, from my experience in my life, that had to have been something that they couldn't have been motiva motivated by fear to do that. I think they had to have been motivated by love to do that and seeing this the awaited Messiah. I think they, at, at some level, knew that that's who this was or suspected at least that that's who this was. Yeah, and, to leave everything yeah. would have been fear-inducing. We're not fear-relieving, for exactly. sure, like they did. And, yeah. and that's what we can do is we can we can make decisions because of the love of God that are going to bring on things that might even make you more afraid. But you're going to get through those things because of Jesus, because of the love of God. And so it's just a totally different look. I just I just want to encourage anyone, if they're— if they're in that spot where they're just where I was, and luckily for a brief time, uh, but if they're in that spot where they just feel a desperation and just a hopelessness, like they're, 
there was a lot of that feeling at followers. We had mm-hmm. been without any leadership for decades. Um, and I really, there were, there were hopeless times, but it was because I was, I had my hope in the wrong thing. I had my hope in someone other than Jesus in a, in a new preacher, prophet, mm-hmm. apostle, whatever we, whatever you label uh, that office, that's where my hope was, was in, in God solving the problem that way. And I just, the Bible tells us that he's already solved the problem right. with Jesus. There and you, you can, you can get rid of that spirit of fear. You can receive the spirit of, uh, of the Lord of yeah. self-control and love and power. And it comes from reading your Bible and seeing who Jesus is. And mm-hmm. that's really, and, but you have to believe that he loves you. And that that's the hard part sometimes when I you're in that right. hopeless place. And, but one of the hymns that we did sing out there was titled Jesus loves even me. And we, we would sing, I'll just, uh, first verse says, I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. Um, and in the chorus, I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. So even the writer of this hymn is that even me, there. That's the feeling you have, and the gospel says, yes, even you. Yeah, and that's how you should feel. Yeah. Even me. Even me. I mean, (laughs) surprise, surprise, right? Yeah. Mm. And then the the second verse says, though I forget him and wander away, still he doth love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms would I flee when I remember that Jesus loves me. And then the, the last verse is, Oh, if there's only one song I can sing, when in his beauty I see the great king, this shall my song in eternity be. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me. Mm. And so I, I just want people to understand the wrath of God towards sin, but I really want them to... If if we do understand that, we will appreciate more the love of God right. because it's the only thing that can save you from the wrath of God. No one's trying to edit out the wrath of no. God. In fact, I think it's really important that you appreciate it and mm-hmm. and face it, but yeah. you can't face it alone. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of talked about that that problem and that separation from God last week, so I just wanted to make sure we give people that hope and point them in the direction of Jesus is there. Wait. And he loves, he loves even you. you. He loves you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And God demonstrated his yeah. love for us that he's while you were a sinner, before yeah. you reform yourself, even if you have not yet reformed yourself, yep. he, he sent Jesus to die on the yeah. cross for your sins. So well, that, yeah. And coming to Jesus is how you reform yourself. You, yeah, that's the only way to yeah, do it. It's not going to work any other way. Yeah. And if you're waiting for the right time or, the right uh, level that you get yourself to, you're never, never going to go. So, Sounds good. All right. Sounds great. Yeah, it is. It's good news. All right. Thanks, Scott. 
Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.